Good morning, Myers Park United Methodist Church. Welcome. We're so grateful that we can gather to worship and praise God together. My name is Yuyun. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, wherever you may be, whether it be in person or joining us online, uh, we're grateful that you chose to be with us today. Uh, as a reminder, there is a hospitality pad at the end of your pews. There's also a QR code at the back of your bulletin that you can use your cell phone to let us know of how we can be in prayers for you. For those of us online, there's a little link that you can click. Let us know how we can let you know of the ministries of our church. Especially if you're a relatively new or first-time visitor, please let us know. We want to get to know you and for you to get to know us. I'm so grateful and glad to be joined by my friend and colleague, Pastor Taylor. What else is happening today? Good morning. It's so good to be in worship with you today. Um, while you have your hospitality pad, you will notice that we have added these little sheets of paper into that. Um, these are meant for the time in our service where we give our offering. This card says, this card represents my offering to our church. We realize that so many of you have been faithfully giving online or sending your offering in through the mail. And we want you to be a part of that moment in worship. So we're asking that if that's how you give, to grab one of these sheets of paper and put it in the offering plate at that point, point in the service. We're so grateful to be in worship today on this Senior Sunday on such a joyful day. Let us continue on in worship.
Church, I invite you now to join me in our Apostles' Creed, which is found in your hymnal on page 881. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. This is the point in the service where we confess our sins together in the safety of our beloved community. So join me in our prayer of confession. Gracious God, forgive us for the doubt that clouds our vision, the pain that makes us hide from you, from ourselves, and from those we love most. Free us from our confusion, heal us from our wounds, resurrect us from our shame, Raise us into the hope and joy that we realize when we are close to you. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you. 
Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The gospel reading is John chapter 14, beginning with the 15th verse. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another counselor, to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you desolate, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the word will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live. You will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. The New Testament reading is 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning with the 13th verse. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is right? But even if you do suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts reverence Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who calls you to account for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and reverence, and keep your conscience clear, so that when you are abused, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing right, if that should be God's will, than for doing wrong. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. In which he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly did not obey, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is, eight persons were saved through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a clear conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers subject to him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. I said this at 8.30 to Sam Carter, and I say this to you, Jackson, your voice is already deeper than mine. <laughs> I don't like it. First Peter continues onward, uh, speaking to these early Christians who are going through some really hard times. The present day is difficult. Tomorrow's seem uncertain. So 1 Peter is in many ways a letter of identity. It invites its readers, the original readers, to remain steadfast. Hold on to your identity as people of God. Know who you are, who you worship. Don't give up. Remain steadfast. In the midst of all that, there's a calling to live justly. Not only when things are going well, but especially live justly when things are going bad. Uh, remain steadfast. That the best witness to those who wish your demise is to live with goodness, to live with faithfulness. In the modern vernacular, uh, if you have haters in your life, the best witness in the face of your haters is to live with integrity. Yeah? Live with integrity. With that in mind, there is a call in 1 Peter, call for obedience. 
to live our lives in obedience. The word obey may have mixed emotion, emotions nowadays. A lot of people associate that with various forms of restrictions and even oppression. But it doesn't have to always be that way. Obey, the word obey in Hebrew translates as to listen closely, to listen acutely. So when 1 Peter is calling God's people to obey, it is a call for us to listen closely to the voices of God and to listen in such a way so as to show our confidence and trust in our God. Likewise, in John chapter 14, we just read, Jesus says, if you, if you love me, then what? Did you catch that? Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments. Once again, we rarely associate commandments with any forms of freedom or love. But throughout the Old and New Testament, over and over again, we read about God's commandments that signify God's love for us. It is in many ways our obedience of God's commandment that reminds us of God's care for us, God's presence in our lives, especially when things are hard, when things are difficult. Obedience is all the more important. I assume all of you know Pastor Nathan. He's one of our pastors here. If you know him and have seen him often, you know that he is a shorts-wearing guy. Like he's, that's his call sign, that he wears shorts, right? Every day, all day, all seasons. So if Nathan is shorts kind of guy, I would probably classify, classify myself as sweatpants kind of guy. That's what I used to wear every day in high school, middle school. And I don't mean those stylish, nice sweatpants. I'm talking about the, the $5 gray Walmart sweatpants. That's what I wore. It's the most comfortable for me. And as I was getting ready to go on to college, my dad, you know, would occasionally pull me aside and give me wonderful advice, one of which was, hey, Leon, when you go to college, try to dress in such a way that demonstrates care and respect for people around you, right? Maybe not wear sweatpants all the time. And as, as often as you get, wear a necktie, right? I'm not wearing one today because it's not Father's Day. You know, I'll wear one then. <laughs> But here's the thing, uh, there are a variety of commandments my father gave to me throughout my life, one of which is dress code. And whenever I dress in a particular way like a Sunday, I remember my dad, right? Whenever I tie the necktie, which is not an easy thing to tie, that discipline draws me closer to my father who lives halfway across the world. I remember him, his presence, and his love for me Every time I wear a tie, every time I put on a certain kind of clothing. God's commandments for us, God's people, this is not to be restrictive at all. In fact, these are there for us. In our obedience, we are reminded of God's presence, God's care, God's calling in our lives, God's love for us. Uh, last Sunday, we talked about one of the marks of discipleship was what, for those of you who are here, was to read the Bible, to know the stories of God. Today, one of the marks of discipleship is to live our lives in obedience to God. To live our lives in obedience to God. Then in uh, verse 14 and onward, First Peter makes an interesting correlation. He talks about suffering throughout throughout First Peter, but... In our passage, he talks about suffering, but he correlates and relates, connects suffering to blessedness. Blessedness in suffering, which seems contradictory in terms. What do we make of it? What do we make of it? Uh, graduates uh, who are here today, uh, we're very proud of you. We care for you. We really do love you, and I hope you feel that this day, have known that for all the days that you've been part of our church. And here's the cool thing, as you grow in age, and some of us here know this as we're a little bit older than you, as you grow in your journey and grow in age, may you look back at the moments that you've had at Mars Park and realize all the more, oh my gosh, 
they care for me and love me even more than I realized then because it's true. And I'm sure in the next few weeks you'll have a variety of commencement speeches. These are all good things. You will hear uh, themes of goals and accomplishments, of happiness uh, and a new beginning. Uh, surely folks will talk about how you are the present today and the future of tomorrow. You are bound by nothing. You, you can accomplish anything. Right? And I think that's true. I think that's very, very true. We're very excited for all of you and your families. Uh, but as we have just read in 1 Peter, here's another reality. Uh, in life, there is suffering. Suffering is unavoidable and inevitable. So with this universality of suffering, 1 Peter wishes the readers to see, to perceive that even in suffering, there can be a sense of blessedness. I think one of the great mistakes of the mo modern world is we have, I don't know, told others and somehow more or less convinced ourselves that we should do anything and everything to avoid suffering, as if that's possible. But here's the good news. According to 1 Peter, there can be a sense of blessedness and even joy in the midst of our suffering and pain. As cryptic as this may sound, I've seen this in my life, and actually in reflection, I'm sure you have seen it as well. I've seen this with different people at different times and different seasons of my life in our life as a church together, and I'll give one specific example. And it's my mother. I understand that all relationships are often complicated, but perhaps you can relate to the stories of my mother, the experiences and the witnesses that I've seen through my mother. You know, she grew up uh, in difficult times uh, with different challenges, suffered greatly, and she got married, my dad, and had two sons, me and my younger brother. And I know now, but I even knew then, she made specific decisions that would make her life more difficult. She suffered for my brother and myself and my father. Probably most for my father, you have no idea what that man put her through, yeah? <laughs> I already told you how much I love my dad, so don't give me grief about it. Do you think, however many decades later, as my mother reflects back on her decisions that brought about more suffering and pain in her life, but she knew then that through these decisions that perhaps her children, her family may have life anew, a new life, new opportunity in the courses of our life together, you think looking back 40, 30 years later that she would make those decisions differently? Do you think she would hesitate one moment from making those very sacrificial decisions that brought about suffering in her life for the goodness of her family? She wouldn't hesitate a second. And perhaps many of you know stories like that in your lives. Victor Hugo Right, it is by suffering that human beings become angels. I think there's truth to that. And don't get me wrong, if we should live our lives in isolation and should our stories be void of any other wider stories, the sufferings of our lives can be so daunting, so filled with fear, it can lead to self-loathing but when we are able to connect our lives, including the sufferings that we encounter and witness in our lives to the wider stories of the community of faith and the wider stories of our God, it need not lead our stories toward demise, but it will lead our stories toward a new hope, toward healing, toward redemption, toward transformation. It is through the stories of God that we begin to widen our lens, our spiritual lens, our intellectual lens, our emotional lens, to see our lives as being greater than our individual selves. It is a part of a wider, deeper stories of God, of the church, of our faith family. And there we will discover healing, redemption, and indeed, in due time, transformation. 
So may you be blessed this day as you go forth from this place, no matter what you may encounter in your life, be blessed. Thanks be to God. Amen. Friends, we have heard the good news proclaimed, and now it's our opportunity as a body of Christ to receive it, soak it in, act upon it. We do that through prayer. So please join me and my friend Courtney Weintraub in a time of prayer. Gracious God, we praise you this morning for an overwhelming love that has brought us all together. We praise you for the peace, forgiveness, hope, and an ending grace that gets us through each day. On this Mother's Day Sunday, we praise you for the moms and maternal influences in our lives who have guided and cared for us selflessly. May they feel your loving touch and our appreciation today and always. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We thank you for the high school seniors and their families. Surround them with your love during this transitional time and remind them all that they are never alone. You are with them and their church is here, loving them every step of this change. We just heard how Christian discipleship is about gaining a new perspective. We pray this for the seniors. You are the God of new, new environments, new challenges, new hope. Thank you, God, for the new doors you will open for these seniors. Lord, in your mercy. God, as a senior, our prayers are for this special time, but are true for everyone here. We pray for guidance, that we may find success not in what the world says is successful, but in what you have hoped for our lives. May we not only hear a calling, but also be able to discern and act on it. Give us boldness to live fully in our faith in college and beyond. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Healing God, our hearts are heavy this morning for our extended family that are suffering around the world. We pray for the war in Ukraine. We pray for the chaos at our southern border, and we lift up those from our community who are going through difficult times and grieving earthly loss. Let us be obedient to your calling of being the hands and feet of Christ on a hurting world. Let us all pray silently now for others in our life who need your healing love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Redeeming God, Easter morning didn't just happen. It is happening now and every Sunday morning. Give us the courage to live completely in your grace, trusting in your resurrection and drawing strength from faith, hope, and love that you provide. So, as your children who long for your goodness, we pray with confidence the prayer that you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On behalf of the seniors and the youth ministry team, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, church, for your generosity. Your generous hearts has blessed this class from birth all the way through now this transitional stage as they go on to take on the world. We're grateful for your generosity. We couldn't do youth ministry without it. So let us be generous once again as we receive God's tithes and offerings.
Good and lovely God, we offer these gifts out of our joyful obedience. May they be a part of the future you desire for your world. Lord's name we pray. Amen. Today we take time to honor our high school seniors, many of whom have been a part of Myers Park United Methodist Church since preschool and even their baptism. We honor them not for achievement, but because they belong to God and the church. Today we give them our blessing and our promise to be here as they face the changes and challenges in the coming years. We also honor their parents who have kept their promise to keep their child under the ministry and guidance of the church a promise that they made at their baptism. So we invite these seniors and their parents to the altar now. Stella Barbin, Ella Bumgardner, Jackson Crawford, Turner Curtis, Caroline Damasek, Ava Ewart, Ben Farmer, Landon Hawley, Jack Herring, Ivy Matchek, Alex McCullum, Charlie McLaurin, Jake Rogers, Eli Rowland, Caroline Rucker, Sophie Strickland, Logan Sullivan, Reed Weichel, Courtney Weintraub, Elizabeth Willis, And what a beautiful problem we have of needing a little more space. So friends, feel free to stack up. Seniors, if you can, face out. And parents, maybe face your seniors just so we have plenty of space and use all this area between the bells and the altar. There was a time when your parents held you in a blanket to keep you safe and warm. Soon you'll be moving into the next step of your journey away from the comforts of your home and this church. As your journey takes you away from this place, may the blanket that your parents are wrapping you in be a reminder of their unconditional love for you. May it also be a reminder of your time with Myers Park United Methodist Church. Seniors, please turn to your parents as they offer a blessing for you. Parents, drape the blanket around your child's shoulders and settle in for a little emotion. It's coming. Parents, please repeat after me. We thank you, God, for the special gift. Our child continues to be in our lives. Where you go, our love goes with you. Whatever you do, you will remain in our hearts. As we wrap you in the blanket, Know that you are held now by God's family. May you be blessed. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, seniors, it's your turn. Look deep into your parents' eyes. <laughs> and repeat after me. You have given of your heart and your home. You have loved and cared for me, even when it was difficult. I thank God for the sacrifice you made to give me life. I honor you for your courage, for your patience and wisdom and your undying love. Where I go, your love and example will lead me. Whatever I do, you will remain in my heart. I thank God for blessing my life with you. May you be blessed. 
in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Seniors, please face the congregation. Congregation, this is your turn. And as the people of God, I invite you to please join me in offering our blessing for these seniors and others who are with us in spirit as printed in the bulletin. With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround these graduates with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their faith journey. We will pray for them that they may be disciples who walk in the way that leads to Christ. Seniors, we honor you as you continue your journey and we celebrate the new beginnings that lay before you. We have some other important people to introduce that are very special to many of these seniors up here. Catherine and Cliff Coley, if you would please stand up. Catherine and Cliff have been small group leaders for several of the seniors that are here. That means they open their homes to them every week, starting in ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. That's a lot of weeks. Every Wednesday or Thursday night, and they would invite the seniors to come in and pray with them and read scripture and share their life together. And you have played a vital role in their discipleship. We are incredibly grateful for you. That also, they went above and beyond and took them all to the mountains. You had a mountain getaway with this crew too. We love you so much. We'll honor you at the senior banquet coming up next, but can we please give the Coleys a round of applause? We invite the congregation to greet and congratulate this group of seniors following the service out in the narthex and outside. Seniors, you may return to your seats, but you're gonna be ushered out with me pretty soon, so don't get too comfortable. Thank you, seniors. Now may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. <laughs>